What's up everyone? We're rounding out this hot topic for this week about flexibility training. And today we're talking about deloading from stretching. Should you do it? Deloading from weightlifting is a pretty commonly accepted and understood thing, but should you be doing it for stretching? We're gonna go deep. Good morning, tribe. It is Friday here in Sydney, Australia. I am graced with the blue Phil White. I couldn't think of anything better to say then. And uh, Rad Bormeister, my brother. Behind the mic, we got Richie, the voice of God. Together, we are Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System. The, today is a very, very special day for no other reason than Rad and I are wearing matching shirts. It doesn't happen very often. And I just wanted to point that out before we get started. If you guys want to know how we turn driven people into superhumans, you can find our biggest insights in the three blueprints we have floating around for flexibility, strength, and nutrition. They are available for download from our website, unitygym.com, or if you're watching the replay or listening to the podcast, we link them in the description. Big shout out to everyone on the podcast. What's up? How are we all today? Good. Just for the uh, podcast listeners, I'm not feeling down the dumps, not feeling sad blue. I'm just wearing a very black, bright blue t-shirt. So <laughs> yeah. for, for my <laughs> podcast people out there, that's what's going on. Oh, that's right. And um, I do want to remind the people on the podcast and the people, uh, our, our epic uh, uh, YouTube tribe, God, I got tongue-tied there, that Richie's working his butt off to get these... Um, these reposted and shared uh, the replays on our YouTube channel. The channel continues to grow. We love you so much and we respect you for giving us your time to watch our content. But I do want to remind you to get your butts over to the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. It is a fantastic group of like-minded people, people crushing their goals. One of the things that you want to work on when you're changing or making big changes, transforming yourself, your body, your movement skill, your nutrition, whatever it is, you want to try and hang out with a tribe of people who have made those changes habit already. And that's what we're doing in the Movement Mastermind group. So get yourself over there. Everyone is welcome. Just remember to agree to abide by the code of conduct when you apply. How are you, Rad? Good. Yeah, good. Feeling good? Rad's yeah. very, very... Uh, passionate about today's topic and it's a good topic it's an important topic based on the conversation that i had via email from one of our subscribers in the inner circle email list last night there is still a lot of misunderstanding around the science of stretching the difference between mobility and flexibility and uh i think there's a lot of value that we can give here if we continue to beat this drum so pull out your drums team and let's beat away yeah for sure look people expect linear progression with training um, and with flexibility training it's just not how it works like a, a good flexibility program has different levels of intensity and when you're training properly flexibility should be treated the same way as strength training should it's a load on the body and it requires deloading and this is something that a lot of people don't understand we had someone just this week that was describing the classic overstretching syndrome where talking about doing the front splits every day and every time they do it they're feeling aches and pains in their hip flexors at the front of the hip but they just keep going and it's just not the not the answer and we've found that um, to get best results with stretching um, you, it's good to have a deload period um, often we will 
you know, really try and make some improvement and then we'll do very little, if any, stretching for a week or two and then come back and be more flexible than we were when we were working our butts off to get more flexible. Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually uh, the, pr the, the, the basis of the email uh, communication thread I had last night with a gentleman uh, who was asking uh, for a bit of clarity because in, in yesterday's email and, and yesterday's show, we spoke about the fact that mobility can and should be done every day to either solidify your flexibility gains or to maintain your flexibility development. But stretching is, as Rad's just prefaced, uh, needs to be treated just like strength training. And um, one of the big things that you, you, you should not do or you should strive to do is uh, look for sort of the adaptation process of supercompensation where you're stimulating the movement or the position or the muscles and then you're allowing it to adapt and recover sufficiently before you stimulate it again. And different parts of the body require different amounts of rest depending on, uh, like w w uh, to give you an example, we've found that middle splits you, is actually better off going heavy on it only really once a week. Any more than that, you can kind of uh, cause a little bit of issue. Um, and other areas like um, the pancake, I find that I can do a few times a week, you know, and, and it's okay. So it's a little bit tricky, but this gentleman was sort of really confused because of, uh, uh, he, he had been following or suggested to follow Edo Portal's 30-day squat challenge, which essentially uh, encourages an individual to improve uh, flexibility, encourages an individual to squat uh, for 30 minutes a day for 30 days. An accumulated uh, an total. An accumulated yeah. total of 30 minutes. So you can do, you know, um, a bunch of five minute squats or a bunch of 10 minute squats or whatever, uh, or a bunch of two minute squats. Uh, but the idea is to just spend more time in that um, uh, position. Now we consider a squat, a, a deep squat, uh, a mobility drill more than a, a stretch. You know, it's, it's, it's not really considered a stretch in the, in the in the health and fitness oh, i would say it's considered a stretch but no, it's not considered flexibility training the yeah way the, where, where we define the difference between flexibility training but it, it i'd call it a, it could be a stretch yeah i guess so uh, could I, be. I, I mean, sort of certain muscles are stretch are being stretched when you do it and you're just sitting there but yeah we, we do it as a mobility drill yeah. yeah yeah there and, and so you know it, it he sort of had a very um um uh, limited understanding of the difference between stretching and flexibility uh, and mobility and and how those stimulate the body, how they load the body. And, and, and he sort of was asking questions about why, you know, he was quite stiff all the time after stretching and, and whether that's a good thing and whether he should be repeating that. And it had progressively been getting um, stiffer. And uh, and if we if we divert back to um, the the girl on our show who was asking the questions in the Movement Mastermind. I can't remember her name. Can anyone remember her name? The original question, was it Jessie? Yeah, that sounds right. I think yeah, it was Jessie. It had gone beyond just feeling stiff. It, it had turned into pain in her hip flexors because she was trying for the middle split so hard and so repetitively and not allowing that time for proper adaptation to take place. Yeah, and, and, in a, as, and starting as a fairly new activity for it. Jesse, well. that, yep. That's right, yeah. <coughs> and so um, the gentleman that I spoke to via email last night, uh, uh, 
he was on the, on the same path that Jesse was on, essentially. He was doing it too frequently with not enough structure and no, no periodization and uh, m most specifically, no deloading, you know. And um, this is why we've asked the question of the day. I don't know if Rad asked this at the start, but I'm going to repeat it if he did. Uh, have you ever had an unplanned break from your training only to come back better at what you were practicing? And I certainly have. I've had it even recently, but it happened to me most, most obviously with my hand balancing, handstands. I got very frustrated uh, practicing handstands almost every day for a, almost a year, probably a year. And then I just thought, I oh, bugger this, I'm not getting any better. And I had about six months of not even attempting a handstand, came back and did my best handstand ever. And then uh, I started to approach it very differently from that point. Flexibility, just recently I had the same experience. I had uh, a period of about three months of very little stretching, only mobility to maintain. And uh, I came back and I was more flexible than I've ever been before. And it, it, it goes to show that, you know, these deload periods are an extremely important part of the process of your body adapting, you know, and especially if you've been going at it flat out with zero program structure for a long period of time, it could possibly be the best thing you could do, you know. Yeah, I found this has been very much the case for skills with me before and similar to with, with you talking about hand balancing there. Um, with my beach volleyball when COVID happened, they took down the nets because otherwise people would not stop playing. And so I had about three months there and came back. And before that, I'd just done, I was doing so many training sessions, getting so hardcore into like trying to figure out how to do it because it's a fairly new sport for me. And I came back and I was just jumping and spiking the ball straight into the ground like I'd never done it before. And there's this amazing kind of process when you do have a bit of, like when you go from so much uh, coaching where you're, when, you're, when you're learning a new skill and you're thinking about things so hard, uh, basically it, it makes, often your movements very like you don't have this automatic process you're very conscious about each of your movements and then there's this amazing sort of like percolation that happens in your brain when you have a bit of downtime which when is where like the learning is all solidified and you come back and you now have like these processes are somewhat more automated because you're not thinking so hard about each of those coaching steps so it's really interesting um and i think that's kind of definitely the case in the um uh the handstands there where you're getting that that like skill so but it's pretty interesting with the flexibility and I, I think it, yeah it does come down to that sort of like probably a mix of because stretching is so much more of a new like flexibility is so much more of a neural thing than we originally sort of thought but yep. also there would be um yeah that sort of super compensation thing like playing into it as well so yeah, yeah it's absolutely interesting absolutely um now we've got a lot of people on the live stream i'd like to get your opinions on this too guys let us know hit us up uh Oh, I've got the same technical problem going on where I'm not actually not getting any comments. Seeing any comments come <laughs> up on my screen? Yeah, we got funny my here. Goodness. So, today to uh, Vinnie Brown, Lee Clements, Clay Brendan. Yeah, everyone, just a, just for a starting Clay's point, saying, let us know. Let us know who is on the stream. Clay's saying yes, I did no training in July, but I would get in some light mobility sessions and found I was quite a bit more flexible one day in. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. Boom. Mm. Uh, and this is what I'm talking about. I mean, look. I uh, I cannot stress to you enough how <coughs> surprised I was with my hand balancing. Because hand balancing is a very specific skill, and I was like, you know, in, incapable of doing uh, even the slightest, uh, like, consistent 10-second handstand after a year of pounding away at it. And what I found was that the the amount of volume I was doing was really having an effect on my shoulders and my sh my my hand balancing now 
Um, when I first came back to it, I could do a very good 20 to 30 second handstand first up before any other training. So basically no fatigue in my body. And you got to understand I've achieved the mobility and flexibility that really is required to stack yourself up. Um, but then I just started doing that more regularly um, with zero fatigue and built a little bit of volume. And now yesterday I, and, and for the last couple of weeks, I've tried doing it at the back end of my workout and I can still do a 20 to 30 second handstand after a huge bench press session yesterday where I really fatigued my upper body. So the skill is starting to be really reinforced into my nervous system. and. Uh, you know, I did probably one of my best ever handstands yesterday after my straight after my bench press session, which um, would have been for almost 40 seconds. And I started to really feel, oh, wow, this is starting to dial in now. And, I, and I'm starting to feel quite relaxed up there. So, you know, it's, it's this process, but it's often a process of not just, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, and stretching is certainly flexibility training is certainly one of these processes where you have to give your central nervous system and your brain a little bit of time to sort of work itself out, to reprogram the muscles, to the tissues, the cells, to sort of say, okay, look, this is okay. I can, I can do this. I'm capable. And, and a key to doing it is making sure that you're developing strength at the same time. Yeah, I think that deloading in general is one of the most misunderstood concepts in training because... I see it in our members at the gym all the time. It doesn't matter how many times I, well, actually it does. It's starting to rub off now, but it took so many times of me telling people that a deload week was essential before some of, some, there were certain members that during deload week, they'd go up the back and just do this high intensity circuit at the mm. end of the deload workout. Yeah. And I'd already told them that they shouldn't be doing it, so I'm not going to go up and make people feel bad about what they're doing, but I'm just sitting there thinking, oh man, you, you're not getting it. You're just not getting it. Like, these are the same people that turn up to the gym five days a week, every, so they, they yeah. are absolutely in need of a deload, yeah. period. Um, but they, the, the, the psychology around training is this go hard or go home thing. And that the way that you get results is that you beat your body into, into submission, submission yeah. into what you want it to be. And it just, it's not, it yeah. doesn't And work. I think that comes along with the, it's aligned with the issues around um, exercise just being for calorie displacement. Yeah. You know, it's about banking mm -hmm. calories so that you can go and blow out on the weekend. And if you don't do that, if you don't displace the calories, then you can't. And this is why the foundational principles are so important, you know, yeah. getting the, the foundational principles. Yeah, I think like recovery, as, as you're saying with deload, like that's just such a key part of, of performance and, and actually getting adaptations. And I've talked about this study with um, elite runners versus professional runners versus um, amateur runners a few times on the show over the, over the last year or so. But um, it was so interesting to see how um, it was basically tracking the amount of time and the intensity reached um, with uh, a whole bunch of different runners. And it the professional and the and the elite so elite being people who took their running really seriously but also had a, 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 another another job and a life uh, basically they spent the exact same amount of time um, running they did it the the same amount of k's but they could just never reach the same peak intensity of the professionals because when the elites finished they had to go go to work they had to wake up early do it, get their run in before yeah. work like whereas professional runners like if they can just get their run in and then spend the rest of the day eating, sleeping, relaxing, recovering. Yep. recovering. Yep. Like, you know, yeah. that it, it just has such a huge impact on your performance if you can get that recovery in. So deload, yeah. like, yeah, in all with, you know, with, we know with body adaptation, like that's just how it works. Yeah. You've got to give yourself time to yeah. 
Lee, and Lee, I, I Lee. think um, I just want to say quickly. I think um, that a lot of people don't understand the difference between good to great, and what got you to good is not what gets you to great. Um, almost anyone will go from mediocre to good just by doing some form of work, like anything, whatever it is. But once you hit that good point and you start, like if we talk about flexibility, so you, you get more flexible, but then you say, okay, I've got some progress now, I want to get to the splits. It goes so far beyond just turning up and doing the work. And that's the same with wanting to become a great runner, wanting to become a great volleyball player, wanting to become uh, great at strength training. And that's when programming becomes really relevant. Yeah. You know? and, and mindset, Lee Clements is spot on here. She, um, she said basically mindset with an exclamation mark and deloading is about mindset, right? Yeah. It's about being able to see the bigger picture and understanding that you know, nothing is, is about an instant re result, especially in, in, in exercise and training. There's, no, there's nothing you can do right now that's gonna produce an instant result for your, like a goal, you know, it's it's about building habits and rituals that are that are reproducible on a day-to-day -day basis that's gonna get you moving in the right direction towards your goal. And this is why I love the pursuit of movement mastery as our, as our top level health uh, hierarchy step, because all of the other little goals that people come up with, which are usually around, based around uh, either uh, physique, uh, either aesthetics or competition. Okay, I want to run a, a, a half marathon, which is a really great goal and it will be motivating initially. But once you run that marathon, you need to reestablish something new, you know. Whereas when you start to just focus on performance in general and mastery, it might be mastery in running or mastery in, in, uh, in, in calisthenics or mastery in powerlifting or, or CrossFit or a sport, uh, beach volleyball, it's a forever thing. You never become the master, yeah. you know, it's like you can or you always have a way to level up and improve, you know, and it becomes and that's when it really becomes a lifestyle for you. You know, you're not you're not just there for a short term fix. You're there because you know that there's always an opportunity to level up and it comes, you know, the old saying, if you're not growing, you're dying, you know, yep. uh, that's what life's all about. Yeah. Tom's got a great comment here saying, I never did a deload until I started following you guys and I felt I would always had to go hard five days a week. Uh, I was then always run down or injured. Since following the UMS or training six days a week with the deload, I feel great. Never been sick or run down. I'm stronger and more flexible than I've ever been. Boom. Yet you're yeah. still staying up all night watching us. Go to bed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about how important sleep Don't is. Don't discourage that. Don't <laughs> discourage that because whenever Tom's on the show, we have a really, really good discussion. No, I, I, that's awesome, <laughs> good Tom. To see you, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing uh, testimonial there. And... Yeah, look, it's, well, it's um, a testimonial to the concepts. Yeah, you know, like none of the, no, the UMS is nothing. Um, it, like we like to say, it's revolutionary, oh. but it's not. It just follows the, the 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 principles of strength and conditioning that are that are proven by science. You know, it's not it's not uh, our opinion, and it's nothing we've made up. Yeah. You know, we've brought stuff together to formulate a system, and we find systems are good because people like systemization. Uh, people respond yeah. well to it, but you know none of this stuff we made up like yeah. it's all it's all come from our textbooks and our mentors and our coaches you know mm. deloading though like it's not just about i mean we've been talking about like having deload weeks like from cycles but you know with what jesse was talking about where she's just stretching every day and hammering herself at it deloading also comes in the form of having a well-written program that has deload periods prescribed from week to week where you you know you only do the one stretch um, once a week or twice a week with a seventy-two hour break between it. 
that's another you know form of deloading. This, this is what I think we should talk about, and I think you, um, I think you're on the right path here. The concept of a macro, meso, and micro cycle, and how that comes together in a program. Like, why don't you and, and, and the split that you're talking about here? Let's talk. Let Let's go deep into that. So, when it comes to flexibility training, so when you look at um, if you look at a, a, a micro cycle, it would be a week, and a, a meso cycle would be a group of micro cycles. And as far as flexibility training goes, I would I recommend. Um, probably about six to eight weeks for a mesocycle. And then a macrocycle would be a group of mesocycles. So within a microcycle, within a week, when we write our programs like the Flexibility Masterclass, there's a lot of consideration taken into giving enough volume to achieve adaptation on a muscle group, but not so much that you injure yourself or that you go into overtraining. And it actually means that you do a hell of a lot less than what most people thought they would do within a week, but within a workout, you do a hell of a lot more than what most people are usually used to. Like within one workout, the amount of volume that goes onto the one muscle group, like the hamstrings on a Monday and a Thursday in our, in our flexibility masterclass is, is massive. There's multiple exercises that we do. We're doing um, dynamic, uh, static and active components. And, but then, you know, we hit it so hard, but then you don't do that same muscle group again for another three days. You only do it twice a week. And then there's other muscle groups, um, the shoulders we do twice a week, but the middle splits uh, and the adductors we only do once a week. And the reason why we do that is just through our own experience, we've found that we get best results with that. The adductors are, uh, are, uh, it's a pretty extreme thing to be pulling the legs apart. Just a reminder, the adductors are your groin muscles. Yeah, the muscles in the groin. And you are like, it would be arguable to say that the body is is more meant to go into the front splits than it is the middle splits. Like that does represent a gait movement pattern. You know, the middle splits is a pretty awkward, unnatural, position. unnatural position that yeah. puts the hips in a pretty compromised position. So you got to be careful with the dosage. And yeah, um, you know, we, we've we've tried this and tested it a lot, and then we've also worked with other flexibility coaches who are specialists at, who are far better than we are at flexibility who have you know confirmed. had the same approach yeah, confirmed, confirmed the it. same yeah. thing you know yeah. so yeah that's how a micro cycle works and then with a meso cycle you'd work on a certain program for a certain period of time before you then have a break have a little rest allow it to all accumulate allow the adaptation to occur and then you need to go and level up and go to something new, new stimulus. It's just like a strength training program. You don't do the same thing over and over and over again. You have to change the stimulus, change what you do. You've got to go to a new cycle. Yeah, that's right. Kevin Lee said here, I think it's also the misunderstanding that if deload, uh, rather than constantly uh, pushing forward, that you'll lose your gains. I now use Testing Week to deload on the flexibility workouts, and it seems to be working great, which is ap- absolutely spot on. And this goes back to what uh, Lee has said earlier. It's a it's a mindset thing. You know, people are so afraid of going. You know, th- you know, everyone wants a, an an instant result. One of the uh, classic examples I used to have with a lot of my mates used to come and train at the gym that I worked at when I was a personal trainer in a big box gym. And I saw them doing the same stuff every every single day. And you know the reason was because when they came in and got Jack doing bench press and, and bicep curls and lat pull downs, uh, they got a pump. You know they got blood gorging, the the muscles pump up and they feel, um, uh, um, you know, emancipated and really you know not tough. Well, what is it? no? No, I didn't say emancipated. I said emancipated. Isn't that? That's no. You're making up words again. Okay, I'm yeah. making up words. All right. <laughs> well, they feel they feel they feel strong. Whatever it is, and. Um, 
and manly and uh and i was always like guys you got to give yourself time to adapt like you're just hitting the muscle constantly 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 and then lo and behold six months later they, they, they disappear for three or four months and then they come back and i say where have you been oh yeah i got this like injury in my elbow or I got this injury in my shoulder and you know uh, no shit you know like you can't just keep doing the same movements over and over and over again. But they were in there for the immediate response, that body pump, you know, that made them fill out their shirt when they go to work and made them feel more muscular, you know. Um, and this might be the case when you're stretching because when you've warmed up and you do a routine, you hit benchmarks and milestones and it feels rewarding at the time. But what you've got to understand is there becomes a point and I, I got reminded of this when we had uh, Yuri Mammerstein in the gym here a few, uh, about a year ago. No, it was more like two or three years ago. Was it now. really? Yeah. Oh, wow, a while ago. Anyway, he was he came in and did a, a, a session with us and uh, while he was traveling Australia. And and, um, and I said to him, can you just drop into the pancake? Because uh, he was demonstrating a press handstand and he could just so easily like really compress down and get into the position. And I said, do you need to warm up to get into a chest to floor pancake or can you just do it? And he just dropped into it with no warm up. We were all sitting on the floor in a somewhat pancake position already. He had done his morning rituals routine before he came here though. Oh, and for I somebody so, like him yeah. who his life revolves around that, that that is a warm-up in the morning. Yeah, I guess so. But I had the same experience yeah. with uh, Miguel Santana when he yeah. was here. You know, he yeah. he could demonstrate what would take Rad and I and Richard half hour to warm up for. Yeah. He could just drop into it, you know. Mm. There mm. comes a time when, and this is what Edo mm. said, mm. your training should be preparing you for to be able to, you should be able to demonstrate what you can do without warming up. Mm. You get to that point, mm. you know, where it becomes such an ingrained skill that you, and that's what competition is all about. You know, when you go and play a sport on the weekend or you go and show off in a calisthenics park, yeah, you do a little bit of prep and warm up. But you don't sit there limbering up for, for an hour mm. to, to then do one skill or trick. You know, that's not how it works. You're playing, you're having fun, you're, you know, you're, you're expressing what you've developed. And that's what uh, stretching should should get you to, but you know you 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 must understand that it doesn't um, it you know yeah it, it happens in time and that's what you're striving for you know mm -hmm. I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, that's all right. We're um, look we, we're at the end of our time now. We have got to get ready for the online coaching call. So we will um, we did talk about this earlier this week. Next week we're releasing the. Flexibility Masterclass Phase 2. So that's going to be an absolute must-have for those of you that have Phase 1. And for those of you that want to get flexible, that want to be able to do the splits, front splits, middle splits, pancake, pike, backbridge, all the really cool gymnastics flexibility skills that lead to the fun stuff like press to handstands, um, this course is our uh, go-to program but you need to start at phase one. And because we're releasing phase two next week, today we are going to again put phase one on as the weekend flash sale. So if you don't have it yet, you wanna get seriously flexible, this is your opportunity to grab the Flexibility Masterclass phase one at a, at a re severely reduced price. So don't miss out, uh, get it guys, get amongst it and start getting really flexible and prepare yourself for phase two coming out next Friday. We'll put a link in the UMS Movement Mastermind group. And if you're listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube, you're gonna to wanna to get over to that group because by the time you watch this or listen to it, 
then this special that we're talking about right now is potentially going to be finished. So you yep. want to get into that group so that you don't miss out on these uh, deals. Yeah. And come out. just very quickly, I want to answer Diane Norbury's question because she did ask it uh, eight minutes ago. Training three to four times a week seems to be what my body tolerates best. Does less volume mean less requirement for deload? Now, this is a, a double-edged question. Uh, training three to four times a week is what your body tolerates now, Diane, but as you adapt and evolve, you will naturally, one of the mechanisms of overload or, or progressive overload, one of the levers you have to pull is your training frequency and total volume in a mesocycle. So don't think that right now, just, just because right now, three or four times a week seems to be um, what you can produce, that that's it forever. You know, that is one of the variables that you want to experiment with as you get more and more experienced and, and your training age increases. Uh, the second part of the question is, um, does that re uh, reduce the requirement for deload? Yes, it, but it's, it's always subjective based on the individual's needs, you know. If three or four, if four times a week really, really maxes you out and you're absolutely knackered and you feel that accumulating, that fatigue over a period of a month or so, then a deload is absolutely necessary. But if you don't, if you feel like you're really recovering fine and you're, there's absolutely uh, no uh, recurring stiffness or discomfort or uh, fatigue um, th developing, then yeah, maybe it's okay. Yeah, no, I'd just be very aware of like your intensity as well because if you go on super high intensity, like with powerlifting uh, athletes at the highest level, they'll often do you know one heavy session a week for that movement and then not touch it again for a whole yeah. week. So it, it, you've got to remember that with with loading variables, you've got to kind of like look at them as a total to get your load management right. Yeah. You can't just kind of take one and then make decisions. That's it, exactly but. right. And look, guys, the very good question was asked in the email sequence last night. What's the difference between all of these 18-minute um, mobility routines, mobility masterclasses, uh, and things like that in comparison to our UMS online coaching? The UMS online coaching, to put it really simply, is how you bring it all together and then customize it for your personal needs. So all of these standalone products and programs are really great and they deliver a really great result, but they're, they're not complete. Uh, you know, complete is balance between strength, flexibility, and fitness. And that's what we teach in the UMS online coaching, how to bring it together and create balance and then customize it to your specific needs to overcome weak links in the body and develop what we call anatomical structural balance in your training, which should be the foundation to every one of your programs. So just nice and simply, there you go. All right, guys, that's it. That's all we've got time for. We've got to jump over to the group now. And um, coaching group training call. We'll see all the, all the UMS online coaching guys in just one second. Big week. Thank you very much for the interaction on the show. Uh, it's been fantastic. It's been fantastic having Tom Wood, one of our administrators, uh, joining us every day. We had Blakely in as well uh, a couple of days this week. We'll see you all over on the coaching call. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.